Our scripture reading comes from the book of Kings, chapter 19. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a solitary broom tree. He asked that he might die. It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. Suddenly, an angel touched him and said to him, Get up and eat. He looked, and there at his head was a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came a second time, touched him, and said, Get up and eat, otherwise the journey will be too much for you. He got up and ate and drank. Then he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mount of God. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Max Bond. Have you ever heard of him? Probably not, but but you've seen his work. Let's start a little earlier. Max Bond was a successful student, vindicated by his admittance into Harvard University. In the 1950s, while some were still openly questioning the intellectual capacity of African Americans, Bond demonstrated an ability to excel academically and overcame obstacles just to be admitted. And despite all of his achievements, some people were still openly hostile toward him. During his first semester, a cross was burned in front of his freshman dorm. Instead of responding with outrage, Harvard's administration threatened him with suspension if he reported the incident to the Boston newspapers. When Max expressed interest in architecture as a career, one of his professors told him there was no place for a black man in architecture. Another professor trashed his design and then fed the idea to a white student. And Bond felt isolated and ostracized, persecuted and threatened. He must have struggled with doubt and depressions, battled with mental breakdown. Sitting in the dorm room, he must have wondered, why am I here and what can I do? Elijah was clearly a successful prophet and he was vindicated by his victory over the priest of Baal on Mount Carmel. It was right before the verses we read today. It was this amazing 
match, almost made for television. Elijah would pray to God and the priest would pray to Baal and everyone else would watch to see who wins. Well, the priest of Baal prayed and failed. And Elijah asked God to come and seconds later, fire fell down from heaven, consuming Elijah's offering and the entire altar. And while the crowds were cheering the victory, King Ahab and Queen Jezebel were not impressed. They pledged to destroy the prophet. They promised to take his life. And so Elijah did what anyone would do when confronted with this kind of situation, he ran. And in our text today, he, he stops running and he sits down in the shade and he must have felt isolated and ostracized, persecuted, threatened. He must have struggled with doubt and despair and sitting under that broom tree, he wondered, why am I here and what can I do? Now, we may not have had the same experiences as Bond or Elijah, but all of us at some moment have struggled with that same despair, have asked these same questions. We've grown weary of trying to do the right things only to experience more obstacles, to feel threatened somehow by the world around us, to do the right things but to get the wrong results. We may have gifts and talents and abilities but, but how quickly we forget any of our successes in the midst of our struggles. We work hard, we pray hard, but still in the back of our minds, we wonder if we will ever reach the promised land, if we will ever get there. And when we have these feelings, we join those who are walking in the wilderness. Our text today says, Elijah went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a solitary broom tree. The wilderness is a dangerous place that supports little life. The wilderness is never anyone's destination. It's kind of like Arkansas. We travel through it, but not to it. We, we only stay in the wilderness when absolutely necessary, when we have no other choice. The car breaks down. Or when we're sent to that doctor's appointment and we get that diagnosis that shatters our hopes and dreams. We don't plan to go there. We don't plan to be there, but once we find our way in, it's hard to get out. 
and the feelings that led us into the wilderness, the fear and the fatigue and the despair, they make it almost impossible for us to have the strength to leave this desolate setting. The wilderness is hot and humid. Imagine summer in Atlanta, or better yet, imagine summer in New Orleans. I lived there as a child. What do I remember? Beignets, because I was a child that loved sugar. But beyond beignets, what I remember was it was hot, so hot, and it was humid, miserably humid. And Elijah arrives in the wilderness. And like any good southerner, he immediately looks for shade. And he finds this broom tree, which is really less like a tree and more like a large bush. And apparently the shade of this bush offers little comfort. In fact, Elijah is so hot that he asks God to let him die. And God listens to Elijah in the wilderness. Just as God listens to us in the wilderness. Elijah didn't get what he asked for. And we may not get what we ask for either. Sometimes... God answers with silence. Many of you know that my wife was a pediatric nurse. And in her role, she frequently interacted with families who were enduring the experience of this silence. Chaplains at, at children's hospitals, well, really chaplains at any hospital, they, they know the experience of people dealing with terminal diagnoses and, and families that are seeking answers to their questions. And people pray over and over again. Pastors and, and parents and family and friends, doctors and nurses, and, and sometimes those prayers are answered by a miraculous intervention. There is no explanation. But other times, the prayers seem to go unanswered. And parents, they'll confess their confusion and their anger with a God that seems to be silent in the midst of their suffering. God's silence is never easy to endure. And Elijah, Elijah wonders if God is even listening as he lays there in the shade. And yet our story doesn't end with that silence. After the silence, exhausted by his experiences, Elijah falls asleep and finds rest. And in this slumber, something unexpected happens. 
God changes the wilderness from hot and humid and hard into something that is sacred and holy. Now, God does not provide an explanation, but God offers words of encouragement. God does not alter the situation, but supplies the strength to endure in the midst of the struggle. And God transforms this stopping point into a starting point. Elijah had prayed for his own death. And God answers, no. First in silence, but clearly God does not answer Elijah's prayer. Instead, God offers him a new life. And an angel visits Elijah, bringing food and water. Get up. Eat. Otherwise, the journey will be too much for you. Keep wandering. Keep going. It was J.R.R. Tolkien in The Fellowship of the Rings who wrote, Not all those who wander are lost. And from the ashes of a fire, and from the ashes a fire shall be woken. A light from the shadows shall spring. And this is what God says to Elijah who feels lost, like he's laying on a pile of ashes. God says, get up. Your journey's not over. Get up. I have a plan for your life. Get up. I have somewhere for you to go and something for you to do. Get up. Eat. Get ready. Friends, there is a time to wait. And we talked about that last week. But there's also a time to get up and to go. Something amazing happens in Elijah's story. God meets Elijah in the wilderness. And I believe God will meet us in the wilderness as well. And we will all walk in the wilderness at some point. We will all know that experience. We will long to get out and we will feel hungry. We will struggle with how to move forward. But, but if we have the courage to carry on, we will discover that God will provide strength for the journey. And God will call out to each of us, get up, eat, journey on. Max Bond, he heard that calling sitting in the dorm room at Harvard and, and he made a choice 
to carry on, to complete his education. And in fact, he graduated early from Harvard and then finished a master's in architecture, despite what everyone was telling him. And he went on to design buildings in France, Ghana, and New York. He designed the Civil Rights Museum in Birmingham. And he designed the Martin Luther King Jr. Center for nonviolent social change here in Atlanta. And his last project, well, he helped to design the National September 11th Memorial and Museum at the World Trade Center. Thank God when things got hard, he kept walking through the wilderness. And Elijah heard that calling and his story doesn't end in the wilderness. He took up his mantle and he regained his courage and he followed God's calling. I don't know where you are this morning, but I know that at least a few folks who can hear my voice, a few feel like they are wandering in the wilderness. They don't know when they will get out. I know some who hear my voice this morning are experiencing the silence of God. Some may be struggling with doubt or depression or despair. The good news of the gospel is wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever you've done, God knows you. And God loves you. And God will meet you in the middle of the wilderness. Because for God, sometimes the destination is the wilderness. If you are there. And in that place, God touches us through angelic and human hands and brings us hope and strength for the journey. Frederick Beekner said, here is the world, beautiful and terrible things will happen. Don't be afraid. And God says to you, Get up. Your journey's not over. Get up. Go.